Wayfair 515, Albuquerque Center, Roger, climb and maintain 13000. Riding down a trail to Albuquerque, saddlebags all filled with beans and Welcome to the City on the Edge podcast with your hosts, Nora Hickey, Mike Smith, and Ty Bannerman. like Los Angeles to me. Groovy. What are we talking about today? I forgot we're we were talking recording. talking about Satan, man. We're talking about Satan. Oh, the Satanic Panic. Yeah. No wonder you have your background photo. Okay, that's why, there's, that's why they're burning uh, Harry Potter books behind me in my yeah. virtual background here. Um, so I have a story, you know, it's kind of a I have a I have it written down, but it's more you know it's more like a, a dialogue. We can have a we can talk about it as we go, not like I'm right. gonna read it. So I don't know. Do you guys remember the the Satanic Panic at all? I mean, were you? Heck yeah. Yeah. So what? what I did. Your... So I had to look it up. You had to look it up, Nora. See, you are young. So Mike, you were in the church, a church anyway. Uh, what what was? Oh uh, man. What, what do you no. remember? I remember Satanic Panic very well, and in fact. Uh, I was freaked out about some of that stuff. I remember thinking the Satanists are really going to, we got to take our black cats in on Halloween because oh, the yeah. Satanists are going to kill our black cats. We always have had black cats. I love black cats. And that's like um, a pretty common one, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, also entry level sat- <laughs> satanic yeah. ritual, right? Well, Right. I also right. had fantasy prone friends that were totally into it from a sort of counterculture perspective. Like, yeah, we went out to the desert, did a ritual, man. And there were yeah. these hellhounds and they were running around and like, really? <laughs> or you saw a stray dog or something. But yeah, um, well, I think that's the thing, uh, right? Like, like it sort of was a, a phenomenon that fed like the panic uh-huh. fed the teenagers taking it on as like a countercultural thing. And then exactly. that fed the panic, you know, it was very sick. Yeah. What, what did you just show so, there? This yeah, well, is a book called Jay's Journal. This is a canonical foundational text for the satanic panic right here. You may have heard of the book, Go Ask Alice, yeah. which was uh, a faked story from a, a Mormon psychologist and author. Uh, she claimed to have written this harrowing tale of drug addiction, but it's mm-hmm. just hilarious. Paul F. Tompkins on his comedy album, Freak Wharf, which is named after a line in that book, says um, that it's like two cops from Dragnet or something had some extra time. And so they wanted to type up a, you know, a book. And it's really funny. Like first she does like acid and cocaine and stuff. And then she's like, I'm thinking about trying weed. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, this is kind of, weird, you know, well, but um, anyway, that same author after she had, yeah. So after she had a hit with Go Ask Alice and hysteria over drug addiction, she had a, a lesser hit with Jay's Journal, mm-hmm. which is about a kid into Dungeons and Dragons, who, okay. Uh, okay. of course, transitions into Satanism. Yep. And it's hilarious. And supposedly Jay's Jay's Journal, um, uh, Jay is about a boy from like Orem or Provo, Utah, and his grave is there in uh, in Provo. And it glows green and red sometimes. And so I went to this grave when I happened to be living in Utah, working on an independent movie. And it does glow green and red because it's directly across from a traffic light. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it reflects it. Isn't that so funny? We and- had a glowing grave <laughs> in Seabrook, Texas like that. That was like, it was, oh, a, really? it was like a reflection of a light. But Whoa. the would go and scare themselves uh, by looking at it at night. 
Yeah, I mean that stuff's cool. I like it, but but it's yeah, you know there's usually a psychological. A but anyway, so that I found really... another book. Oh, oh, sorry. I found another text that kicked helps the satanic panic. Huh. Michelle remembers. Oh, we're gonna talk about yeah, that. Um, Hold off on that one for okay. a moment, because if you got stuff to talk about that, there's there's a place where we can talk about. Like it. I have heard of that one, yeah. Um, um, just I've got right some in? other books on the satanic panic. I'm looking them up. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's yeah. hear it. You lead the way. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's go back in time to March 29th, 1990. Nice. Doug Campbell, who was an environmental scientist working for uh, PNM, which if you're listening from somewhere else in the country, that's our power company out here, um, was reviewing some aerial photos of uh, power lines out on the West Mesa when he noticed this weird pattern etched into the ground. It was three hexagrams, um, or is it hexagons? As you can see here, linked by, some, uh, linked by some lines, straight lines. The entire design was about 400 feet across. So he was like, well, that's really weird. So he drove out to the location on the Mesa uh, to take a closer look. And he found that it was a pattern laid out in, in tires. Um, each tire spaced five feet across, five feet apart. And each side of the hexagon of these hexagons was made up of 13 tires. Each hexagon has six sides, three sets of hexagons with six sides. What do we got? We got six, six, six each side made up of 13, right? So that's, that's awfully creepy. And, and, and Doug Campbell was creeped out. So when he got back to the office, he, uh, he called around. Nobody had any idea what, what it was that he was looking at. So he wound up reporting it to the Albuquerque Journal. Albuquerque Journal then began investigating, contacting all sorts of different experts to, to see if they could find out what these symbols are. And about the only thing they could figure out at first was that the patterns could be seen in aerial photographs going back eight years, so since 1982. And one of their, uh, one of their uh, experts said that the pattern was precise enough that someone would have had to have used surveying equipment to lay it all out. Um, but as for why or what the meaning of it was, Everybody was perplexed and confused until they reached out to the Rio Rancho Police Department. An unnamed Rio Rancho police officer said that the layout was identical to an ancient Egyptian seal used in magical incantations. He said <laughs> it is definitely a ceremonial site used by a cult. Oh, gosh. And then wow. Officer Paul Montoya of the Albuquerque Police Department agreed. He said he was an expert in Satanism and said it was definitely witchcraft. <laughs> What's your guess as to what this is? Definitely. I think the witchcraft is a good, a good likely thing. No, um, I don't know. It could be all kinds of things. I mean, like maybe there was like a, a dirt bike racing area or something around there. Maybe it was an artist project. Land art has a deep history and in uh new mexico it could go back to something like that there's like i mean there's things all over 
you know, from the Lightning Field in Kamado to uh, Cabinet Landia, which was like mm -hmm. uh, a parcel of land divided into square uh, feet down in in um, southwest New Mexico. And Stephen Usherman wrote about it once in a magazine article. It was really yeah. interesting. But uh, I mean, like land art, there's just always been something going on. I like, and also, if you walk around the desert, you always find weird structures and stuff. And if you want to like get into the symbology and numerology of like how many steps there are and sides there are to things, I mean, you know, bees don't make uh, hexagonal cells because they love that shape. They make circular ones and they settle into hexagons when they stack a bunch of them together, you know? And uh, like, it, you know, there's just some shapes that are like really common that just turn up again and again. Like I'm thinking about this time I found these like motorbike bleachers or something uh, on the side of Harris Canyon on the east side of town. I still don't know what they were. Like, were they like a place that people would go like watch events out there? Like I was thinking dirt bike racing or something, or was it like a flood control thing or something? But I mean, you find weird stuff around all the time. I wrote an article once on, uh, they were people were finding these cones of logs in the Sandias everywhere. There were like logs stacked around dead trees. And it was like this big mystery. And I got assigned to, to write something about it uh, being a mystery. And as soon as I made a couple emails to rangers, they were like, that's a fire prevention method. You know, oh. those things are supposed to be picked up later. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. We're just getting yeah. this stuff off the ground. You know, right. and um, so, I mean, I bet there's some banal or at least artistic uh, explanation, you know. Okay. Just Why does for it the say record. turf on it? <laughs> That's part of the mystery. Well, I'm, I'm going with my three baseball areas that share a sort oh. of outfield. Okay, all right. And just just for the record, though, you're yeah. you're both saying you don't think it's an ancient Egyptian seal used in magical incantations. Just no. I bet it. Oh, when was this? 1990. 1990. Oh, all right. Um. Okay, so one thing I, I, you know, I think we should do to kind of set the stage, zoom out a little bit, and talk about what it was like in 1990, and and how there was this intense interest in uh, in fear of Satanism and and witchcraft and the adult on a worldwide scale, um, and that had been the case since uh, since the early 1980s. So there were a number of things that happened to kind of cause people to become very concerned about Satanism um, prior to this. One was the release of the movie The Exorcist, which made, you know, satanic possession seem like a really, a very real creepy thing that that could happen. Another was in, a, in 1980, there was a Canadian psychologist who published a book called Michelle Remembers. And Nora, you said you were reading about Michelle Remembers? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love, I love this cover. So, uh, what was your uh, what did you find out about Michelle? Remembers basically that um, this woman Michelle was a patient of this psychiatrist, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Lawrence Pazder, and over six hundred hours of you know sessions, um, recorded sessions. Her story about um, being possessed. Um, having to uh, undergo satanic ritual abuse as prompted it sounded like according to her by her mother mm -hmm. um, she's witnessed a lot of stuff you know terrible stuff um, you know a lot of stuff with babies and yeah um, 
but witnessed it in her town, her, it sounds like a relatively sleepy town of Victoria in Canada. Yeah. And then it was disproven or it was, it was, it's believed to be debunked that this did not happen. Right. And, and not only that, this phenomenon, like a lot of her memories were um, recovered under hypnosis. Yes. And of course, when you put a person under hypnosis, they enter a, a very suggestible state. Mm -hmm. So one thing that often happens is if the, um, if the hypnotist is asking leading questions, then they can actually wind up convincing the person under hypnosis that they are having those memories. Um, so there was another big case called the McMartin preschool Satanism case, ritualistic abuse case. That was in, in California. California. Yeah. Where um, not only were there allegations that children were being sexually abused at this, uh, at this preschool, but the allegations went so far as to say there were secret underground tunnels that led to Mexico that, um, all sorts of like Hollywood celebrities were part of the, uh, the abuse that was taking place during satanic rituals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry, like that you. sounds so familiar to q yeah, very, very similar, actually. And so these two things, have, like, kind of propelled this idea that there were Satanists, like, all over the place, um, secretly doing terrible, terrible things into the international consciousness. And as a result, and, there was... What's that? Yeah. Well, it sounded like it was very focused on... Um, on kids the, yeah, the purported abuses were happening to helpless kids at daycares or yeah. you know cults um right so it started with like preschool kids right and then the teachers are suspect at the at the preschools then you've got rock and roll records like ozzy osbourne you know that's corrupting that's the uh, the teenagers um yeah creators of uh, the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons, I think I have a picture, here we go, uh, got caught up in this as well. It got linked to uh, to Satanism. Um, oh, man. That was cool. That was dummies. I, I, yeah. I remember a Mormon guy crying to me that he had started playing Dungeons and Dragons and had invited demons into his life and one stood in his doorway and threatened him. And I was like, you probably believe that, man yeah but, uh, part of him right like maybe some weird dream he had i don't know um but yeah i mean so there yeah. were trials for like the preschool teachers people spent time in jail for this there were book burnings dungeons and dragons stuff got burned a friend of mine's D, &D stuff got burned uh and then record burnings and and god knows how many um daytime talk show episodes well let's see all right so this is uh a little taste of the satanic panic. I do not think that many parents are aware of what's inside the game. In fact, in my presentation, I show many pictures from the inside of the books just to show the images of this game. I yes. mean, the gruesomeness of this game and the occult link to it. Well, I know that when uh, I did my message, and this has happened, I have letter after letter where people took the pieces. Now, there's sixes involved in the pieces of the game, but they yes. take the pieces of the game, they would throw them in the incinerator or the fireplace, and screams would come out because there seemed to be some kind of spiritual forces inhabiting those pieces, and children would drop out of life. They didn't want to study anymore. 
Uh, what, what are the pieces, for instance? Daytime talk shows were all about this, and they would dig people up who, uh, you know, either were uh, doing some sort of Satanism, not as extensive or as crazy as, uh, as they would lead you to believe, or uh, like this guy, the guest on this show, um, later admitted that he had just made all of it up. So just want to play a little of him. How real is devil worship? Well, that's what my next guests will inform us. First, we have Dark Lord Blood. He's a seventh generation Satanist. Satanic worship goes back to his great, 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 great grandfather. He grew up with this. Dark Lord Blood, I mean, you've seen these rituals. What, what is it? Well, it's a, it's a ritual of they may want to give something in a sacrificial sense to a demon, you know, such as to mimic uh, the biblical uh, sacrifice of Abraham. Do Satanists look different? I mean, are all your friends Satanists? No, or I don't have any friends, but my acquaintances are, yeah. He's a lonely Satanist. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got mixed into other, uh, other issues that uh, churches were uh, obsessed with. Two different communities that use this park. Uh, one is the uh, pagan or occultic community, and the other community is, of course, the homosexual community. Interestingly enough, uh, they go hand in hand. We got the Satanists holding hands with the uh, homosexuals. And then this guy, he really puts it all together for us. A satanic salute. And the unicorn, flying horse <laughs> rainbows. Of course, that's in the, that's the New Age symbols. Enchantments, fetishes, potions, spells, dungeons and dragons, occult games like that, psychic readings, reincarnation, pyramid, clairaudience, mental science, false visions, superstitions, amulets, talisman, Satanism, karma. These are some of the occult spirits. Now, if you've dabbled in any of these, then you're cursed. Your children are cursed. Your grandchildren are cursed. Your great-grandchildren. So, yeah, if you've dabbled in pyramids, if you're an archaeologist, then you're cursed. It's so, it's, it's funny because it's so laughable looking back, but from doing some, you know, research and thinking of how people who are jailed for false crimes of yeah um, do you know the daycare um cases seemed especially like like uh people right. were wrongfully jailed right the oak hill uh ritual trials another preschool another pair of people were uh, uh, alleged to have committed pretty much the same kind of abuse allegations as the mcmartin trial but uh, this was in texas they were in jail for 22 years before the state declared them to be innocent which is extremely unusual like even when people get out of jail for issues pertaining to a trial or something like that they're usually not just declared carte blanche innocent um but that's exactly what happened in uh, in austin um they had all kinds of reasons to look back and say that that what had occurred there was uh, was false. So, um, you know, as mentioned, most of these allegations were debunked, oftentimes pretty quickly. But and and like I said, the phenomenon of of memories being recovered through uh, through hypnotism was was found to be completely fraudulent. But the uh, the cultural impact of 
what we now call the satanic panic would would continue to grow for years after um after these initial cases of like the 1980s stuff um and here in new mexico we weren't immune we had album burnings uh there was a, a famous preacher who came here in the in the early 80s burning ozzy osbourne albums um Sometimes there were allegations that were in fact linked to actual murders, as in the case of a, a guy named Timony, Timothy Wildermuth, who, who did kill a minister, and he did actually possess um, something like the, the Satanic Bible, you know, Anton LaVey's book. Uh, but after, after researching, you know, what had happened, after pursuing the, the details of the crime, it was determined that it was, it was basically just a robbery. Um, 1987, two ex-Marines killed a shopkeeper in Mesilla, New Mexico. The press seized on the fact that they played Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, and kind of blew that up as a, as a possible factor in the crime. But again, the motive was found to be robbery. But if you look back through the Albuquerque Journal archives for anything having to do with Satanism or Satanic influences, um, most of the links you can find are, are pretty tenuous. Here's a, a typical headline from 1988. Teachers instructed to avoid Satanism. Wow. This is a, <laughs> this is in a, in 1988, uh, the principal in uh, Los Lunas got worried that, that there were certain books that might lead children down a dark path. So he, uh, he issued guidance to his teachers telling them to be careful about what kind of materials they were using but none of them were actually using any of the materials that he was worried about, so that didn't go anywhere. In uh, 1989, the uh, Sandoval County Sheriff, Bert DeLara, announced that he was going to be extra vigilant against Satanists that Halloween because A, he'd seen some 666 graffiti, and uh, B, he'd attended a Satanism seminar for law enforcement in Kyleen, Texas, and he knew what to look out for. Oh, um, one of the things that oh. he said he was going to look out for was dancing. So just straight <laughs> up dancing. Uh, apparently, Halloween night in 1989 was pretty quiet, though, because there were no follow up articles about his particular crusade. Good and stuff. then in 1990, about six months after this uh, Egyptian or satanic seal was found on the West Mesa that we started the the show with uh, Reverend Bob Carmen of Victory Love Fellowship Church, now called Legacy Church, uh, still, still oh. in business. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. <laughs> See if I got a picture of him. Ah, here we go. Well-known mega church. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is from a an anti-Halloween event they were holding. He uh, he delivered a sermon in which he claimed that a woman had been arrested for trying to kidnap three babies from an Albuquerque hospital so that she could sacrifice them to Satan on Halloween. Thank God police got her, he said. And then he followed up by saying, how many out there have they not gotten? That was Morrow. <laughs> that was Morrow? Yeah. The one that they didn't get? Yeah, no, she's a witch that steals yes. babies. Oh, okay, that was the one. <laughs> um, he then went on to say, your mailman might be a Satanist. The store clerk might be one. The attorney you go to might be one. Your doctor might be one. But strangely, Albuquerque police had no record of any woman being arrested for attempting to kidnap babies from any Albuquerque hospitals. 
Um, he had heard the, the rumor from people, one of his parishioners. Yeah. What were you going to say, Mike? People just don't understand the. Oh, I was just going to say people don't understand that you need the babies to make the flying ointment. You got <laughs> if you don't have a baby, you can't you can't make the flying ointment. I yeah, I learned that from the the movie The Witch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. That's a horrible part in that movie. But but oh, it's horrible. Like, uh, yeah. But what a, what a great film. Um, well, even though most of the these claims didn't stand up to scrutiny, um, that didn't stop uh, New Mexico schools from doing things like canceling Halloween celebrations, or like I said, parents burning their kids' uh, heavy metal records or Dungeons and Dragons books, that kind of thing. So back to this uh, crazy pattern on the West Mesa. Let's go back to that real oh, yeah. quick. Um, nice. Do you guys want to? Okay, Nora, you were saying that you think it was something to do with like a, a, a linked series of um, baseball fields. Yeah, for right? Little League and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and Mike, I think you were saying maybe land art. Yeah, especially with that word on there. If that word is actually a part of it, teeth for turf or whatever it says um that seems like a signature almost all right you know so okay well i'm ready to give my, the answer um i like north yeah so the very day that the albuquerque journal published the article about the the mystery on the mesa um the creator of the symbols called the office we'll go back to him that's a picture of him right there glenn shockley on the left, um, he invented a game called Turf Ball, T-E-R-F, oh which uses God. this big oversized ball that he's holding in his hand um, and requires a large no amount of way. space to play. Eight years before, he and the guys that he played the game with, which included the former mayor of Albuquerque, David Rusk, mayor of Albuquerque from 1977 yeah. to 1981, set up a turf ball field on the mesa using a bunch of tires that someone had dumped out there after they played a few games they decided that the ground was too uneven and rough to keep using the area so they abandoned it oh my gosh wow yeah so they abandoned it and uh, as far as the um the need for surveying equipment which some expert had said was the case uh, in order to uh, to get it so precise. Um, he said that the only equipment that they had used was a keg of beer and a barbecue grill, which of course they just wow. fed themselves. So you can see right here, this is the actual layout of a field. Um, that's where the hexagrams would be. Wow. And then there are, uh, in the middle of each hexagram, there uh, is a, uh, that would be where the goals are. So there'd be like flags or something and you kick, the, kick the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, apparently they had a good time playing it. Um, but yeah, so it was incredibly embarrassing for the uh, the Albuquerque Journal. Oh my <laughs> and, and, God. You know, and the Rio Rancho Police Department and the Albuquerque Police Department. Well, how about, wasn't there a chupacabra also found on the West Mesa and it turned out to be a devil fish that was from like a souvenir shop on the East Coast? Oh, I had not heard that. When was that? A later, I think that was in the 90s. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't what find What is that turf ball? <laughs> this it's is only amazing. they had added ball, you know. Right. I want to read more about this weird sport. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, he invented it in New York and then moved to Albuquerque. Um, yeah, and I guess they had a great time playing it for a few years, and then it just sort of fizzled out. It never caught on. Um, Maybe. But he did. Huh? I'm glad they had a good time with it and were able to play it. Yeah. He did say that he owed the inspiration uh, for the game to Satan. So. Let's bring this back with maybe a slightly different name. Uh, you don't yeah, for, for a city on the edge event. Oh, and there's a, this is a picture of yeah. former mayor uh, David Rusk um, uh -huh. in, his, uh, in his later years. So, oh, yes, mm. I almost forgot. Okay, one more thing. So I went looking around for more, um, kind of trying to find out where, when, when was the end of a satanic panic in, a, in Albuquerque. Um, nationally, when I told you about the McMartin preschool trial, what happened was everybody involved in that got acquitted. Um, the uh, the kids admitted that they had been trying to uh, answer questions in a way that would make their uh, the policemen happy, you know, that kind of thing. And there was never any physical evidence. There certainly was no evidence of tunnels under the preschool itself, even though they leveled the preschool to the ground trying to find any sort of evidence oh my god so everyone involved in that was acquitted um and most uh you know most murders were that were linked to satanism were found to be connected more or less to typical motives like robbery or family disputes and things like that so yeah. satanic panic on the national scale wound up fizzling out a few churches um kind of continue to do things like burn Harry Potter books. And I'm sure there's still some people who are very concerned about Satanism that are, you know, kind of more linked from that time. Of course, like you mentioned, Nora, QAnon is kind of a weird resurgence, like a very information age resurgence of the same kind of like worries, devil worship, weird. use of children, super tenuous links to, uh, you know, symbols and is there a secret uh, basement underneath Comet Ping Pong? That kind of thing. Yeah. People do not understand critical thinking. I like, I, I'm, they just don't understand how to weigh evidence. And so if they hear a compelling case made, then all they ultimately have to go on is like, well, I guess this makes sense and feels right to me. You know, you start getting into the numbers of things. 13 tires on each side, six sides per mm -hmm. hexagram, six hex or three hexagrams, six, six, yeah. six like you could convince yourself that there's something right. there if you didn't know it was this uh, this ball game. Yeah. And stuff, I think, you know, the connection both with QAnon and the satanic panic to um, child abuse is that child abuse does exist. Oh, totally. um, oh yeah. But yeah. it's it's like this, I don't know if it's an easy or it's a more, you know, right you don't have to talk about poverty or education or exactly. whatever um yeah but you it's can just about, about satan and yeah mustache yeah, maybe twirling villains um one thing that surprised me was i went looking to find evidence of kind of more recent uh satanic panic stuff and i found one from december of this year right here in albuquerque oh. and it's david rusk no it's uh it says <laughs> let me see if i think if i can move that Stop sa Satanic Santa at the University of New Mexico. I completely missed this story. 
what happened was a um an organization called antlion art collective was holding a was was going to hold a um an event to promote uh mask usage and to purchase masks for one of our direct aid organizations here in town and what the guy says is that he was doing a sit on santa's lap event and he misspelled it satan's lap and then being an artist he decided to just go with it and uh, and promoted the uh promoted the event with santa with a pretty disturbing demon's face superimposed right and so he uh still seeing he... that mayor oh, <laughs> are you really oh no no and there it is wow yeah pretty creepy uh, and so he promoted the event to sit on Satan's lap for mask usage and uh, and a a local um, it actually made national news. Uh, people were upset about it. There was a, a petition wow. signed for I didn't, uh, hear about this. I didn't hear about it at all. I guess there was just too many like real things to worry about going on yeah. all the time. <laughs> but uh, twenty thousand well, yeah. people signed a petition asking President Garnet Stokes to um to not allow this satanic event to happen at UNM. Um, well, I went looking well, to see what happened to that uh, tire structure, right? Like, I couldn't oh, yeah. find anything. Of course you did. I love it, Ty. You're the best. Couldn't find it. It's, uh, as far as I can tell, it doesn't exist anymore because the land that it was on is now Petroglyph National Monument. Uh, oh, wow. So I'd imagine well, that the, uh, the Park Service uh, probably got rid of it if, if, if it had been left out there prior yeah. to that so sadly okay. if, we, if we play turf ball we'll have to make our own court i might have to go and feed and you know deal with my dog i'm okay. sorry for jumping on me that sounds like a good time to uh okay. say goodbye i've enjoyed spending this time with uh noah mike and satan so thank you <laughs> always hey. here y'all are the best I can't wait till we can all hang out in person again someday. And hello to our listeners and stuff. Thank you for tuning into another episode of City on the Edge. If you enjoyed our show, tell your friends, like and share our stuff on social media, and check out our YouTube channel by searching for City on the Edge Albuquerque. This episode has been made possible by our supporters on Patreon, aka the coolest people on the planet. To join them in their support of our show and get exclusive access to content, t-shirts, and swag, Go to patreon.com slash city on the edge and sign up for one of the tiers starting as low as $1 a month. This has been a City on the Edge production.